Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in Tacoma, Washington with my good friend Peggy Cleveland of PeggyWhereShouldIGo.com. Peggy moved to Tacoma with her husband as part of the military, and they decided to retire there to enjoy all the gorgeous natural beauty of the area. In this episode, Peggy and I talk about walking on the Chihuly Bridge of Glass, visiting Point Defiance Zoo, and exploring the Tacoma Art Museum. We've got these three amazing experiences, plus a bunch more. If you know someone that wants to visit Washington State, I'd love it if you shared this episode with them. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Tacoma. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Whether I'm traveling for business or pleasure, it's important to have clothes that make me look good and feel great. I wear Bluffworks jeans, slacks, dress shirts, and blazers because they're wrinkle-free and are designed for the modern traveler. And if they get dirty, I quick spin in the washing machine and they're good as new. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash bluffworks for a special offer and to select from the latest styles so you can stay wrinkle-free when you travel. Hey Peggy, welcome to the show. Hi Lee, it's good to talk to you. Absolutely. So we met each other a few years ago at TBEX. And we had such a great time over in West Yellowstone and Billings, Montana. But today we're here to talk about Tacoma, Washington. Now, I know Tacoma, it's kind of like a, like an afterthought for a lot of people. They, they're flying out there to Seattle. They probably don't even realize that the SeaTac name of the airport is actually Seattle and Tacoma. But now we're going to talk about with you, like, what are some of the great things to do in Tacoma that a lot of people probably miss because they're only heading over there to Seattle? This is true. And um, I think I'll give you a lot of reasons why you should detour south. <laughs> Absolutely. So what's your connection to the city? Well, uh, we're a military family, and this was my husband's uh, last duty assignment in the Army at Joint Base Lewis-McChord. And it's um, interesting because we tried, it's the number one requested Army base in the country. And uh, we tried his entire career to get out here. And so finally, the last, very last assignment, we got to move out here. And we just fell in love with the area so much that for me, after moving 33 times, we decided to make this our forever home, which is what military families call it, where they decide to retire. So. <laughs> well, again, thank you for both of your services. It's always awesome to have military veterans and families on the show to share their knowledge and just kind of being able to give our thanks back to you. Oh, thank you. And I think also military families are a good source of travel advice because they're both insiders and outsiders. So you come to an area and you only have two years maybe to see everything. So you definitely want to get out and do the touristy things. But also because you live here, you're kind of a local for two years. You get kind of that insider scoop too. So That's awesome. It's kind of the best of both worlds. Yes, definitely. <laughs> so, okay. So obviously you, you were there for the military assignment. But then, like, what kept you there? Like, why did you decide to plant roots there? Well, I think it was just everything kind of kind of worked together. I started doing uh, travel writing, and that kind of opened up some opportunities for me. But the area is just so stunningly beautiful. And uh, so many times, places we've lived in the past, after like two or three years, you know, I, I have the go bug. I'm ready to move <laughs> because I feel like I've seen and done everything. And we've been here almost eight years now, and I feel like I've just scratched the surface of exploring the Pacific Northwest. It's just such a singly beautiful area, and I've lived all over the world and all over the country, and I'm still just blown away. Even um, 
even the view off my deck, I, I can see the Puget Sound and the Olympic Mountains. And every day when I drink my coffee, I'm like, I just can't believe I get to look at this every day. Yeah, it's almost like you want to pinch yourself to see if it's real, right? Yes, yes, it's true. <laughs> now, speaking of the views and the weather and everything like that, like, you know, Seattle and that whole area of Tacoma and everything kind of has like the reputation of, oh, it's always rainy. It's always kind of gloomy and, and stuff like that. What is the weather really like uh, throughout the year? Well, the winters are mild. Now and then you'll get, you know, down in the teens, but usually, you know, it's in the 40s, 50s, you know, sometimes 30s, but not, you know, pretty mild. But it does rain and it drizzles. But the thing is, is everybody does everything in the rain. So with our kids, when they were younger with sports, you know, soccer, you're out there in the, the rain, you know, playing all these different sports. But in Tacoma, we have this saying, live like the mountain is out. Because uh, pretty much all over the city, you can get these just stunning views of Mount Rainier. So when you can see Mount Rainier, uh, you know, the sun's out. It's a great day. So a lot of people just, especially in the winter, will take off work and just get outside. You know, so it's like live like the mountain's out. And I think that's kind of a good good advice, you know, for anything. It's like, you know, don't get so caught up that you can't take that time, you know, for those special days. For sure, for sure. Now, if people are planning a trip to come out there... What time of year should people plan on a trip as far as like the weather or maybe even like certain festivals or events that are occurring throughout the year? Well, if you come in the summer, you know, beginning May through October, especially if you want to venture out, you know, up into the mountains to like to go see Mount Rainier and everything, that's the best time weather wise. So you pretty much, you know, beginning in May, it's sunny every single day. And then, you know, September, October, it's kind of starts switching back into that cloudy, rainy weather. But again, that's the peak time, you know, where most people are out and about. So I also like the winters and the falls because it's less people. And as long as you're willing to put on a waterproof, not water-resistant rain jacket, you know, you can pretty much see everything, too. Oh, that's awesome. So, okay, so if people are planning their trip, obviously, you're going to fly into the SeaTac airport. And then from there, do we take public transportation? Do we rent a car? Like, what? how do we get from the airport to Tacoma? Well, I would suggest if you're going to come out here, I mean, you could take public transportation and go stay in, you know, Tacoma and just not move from that area. But it's nice to have a rental car because there's a lot of great things that you can, you know, venture out to. Um, So, yeah, so you fly into SeaTac, you know, pick up a rental car and head south on Interstate 5. It's a pretty easy jaunt. Um, Just be careful when you come out as the airport gets on I-5, you suddenly have these just drop-dead views of Mount Rainier, and there's so many accidents in that area <laughs> because people get distracted by the mountains. So, oh, yeah. so that's just my little safety tip there. Okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Once we drive into Tacoma, what's the parking situation like? Obviously, if you're renting a car, you're going to need to park it someplace. Is there plentiful parking? Is it, Does it cost a lot? How does it work? Well, compared to Seattle, I mean, Seattle, you'll easily pay, you know, over $30 to park, but there's so much parking in Tacoma. You know, when I go downtown, I never have a problem finding a place to park. And uh, there's a parking lot below the Tacoma Art Museum. So a lot of times I'll park there, you know, visit the art museum and then tour the museum district from there. Um, And then there's on-street parking. And I'm not sure the exact cost. It's, you know, just a little bit. And then there's parking garages too so it's just it's really easy to get around and then also Tacoma has I think it's the light link rail but anyways um, you can pick it up at the Tacoma Dome area and then you can ride that around for free all day so nice yeah I'll look that up and we'll put make sure to put a link in the show notes for everybody that's listening 
So now we, we took our car, we're, we're in Tacoma. Where should we plan on, on finding a hotel? Well, there's two hotels I recommend. If you're doing like a couple's trip, you could stay at the Hotel Murano, as in Murano Glass. And we, as we get along, we'll talk more. But Tacoma is famous for its art glass because Dale Chihuly is actually from Tacoma. And so that particular hotel is all about art glass. There's every floor has art from artists, glass artists. Um, there's a stunning Chihuly uh, chandelier, and it's just just a really incredible place. And then with children, you should stay at the Silver Cloud Hotel out at Point Reston. And Point Reston is attached to Point Defiance, and this is kind of like the crown jewel of uh, Tacoma. So the Silver Cloud's a brand new hotel, and it's got a rooftop pool. And so from that area, you can basically park your car and venture out by bike or just walking all over to explore Point Defiance, which has a zoo and a mock-up of the original um, Fort Nisqually. It also has a beach, stunning gardens, and then uh, it's an old-growth forest as well, you know, right in the middle of the city. So, And then Point Defiance, where the Silver Cloud is, has a movie theater, lots of restaurants, and it's right on the waterfront, so you can... Uh, walk really easily to all these different shops and uh, restaurants. And then it's uh, they've got a gorgeous playground, too, that overlooks the water. So it's a perfect destination if you have children. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah, like, the kids can go out there and play around on, the, on the, the jungle gym or whatever, and then the adults can sit there and kind of keep an eye on them but also enjoy the nice views. Oh, yes, and uh, the Wildfin restaurant there overlooks the playground, so they actually have like kind of an outdoor section, so you can enjoy a cocktail while your kids are playing, and it's a really safe area, too. That sounds like a lot of fun. What are some of the other things that we should be doing while we're there in Tacoma? Uh, well, you definitely want to do the museum district in Tacoma. So you have the Tacoma Art Museum, you have the Washington State History Museum, and then you go across the Chihuly bridge of glass to the uh, museum of glass if you go to any of them that one probably the most museum you'll see in the country because you go in and it's a giant silver dome so it really kind of stays out in Tacoma and they actually have artists glass blowing every day so you can go in there and sit and watch them and then you can um, tour all the different artworks and uh, one of the things they do is they'll have children drop pictures and design artwork and uh, they choose one. I think it's once a month. And so they have a little gallery where you can walk down the hallway and see the kids drawing and then how the glass artist interpreted it. So that's kind of a really cool thing. That is so awesome. Like what an honor that would be for, for a child that they would take that, that drawing and convert that into something that's like that's real. And you can actually see it and touch it and everything else. Oh, definitely. And so the book that uh, I wrote that's coming out in September, 100 Things to Do in Tacoma Before You Die, has little itineraries in the back. And so one of them is, um, you know, in the footsteps kind of of Dale Chihuly. So Dale Chihuly is this glass artist, and he basically got glass art on the map in the U.S., and he's just stunningly talented. And so you'll see um, some of his artwork, like in Seattle, uh, they have his Garden of Glass, which is a big attraction. But in Tacoma, because he's from here, he's donated a lot of works to the city. And so um, you can see some of his work for free. Within this museum district, um, you can see his works in both the Tacoma Art Museum and the Museum of Glass. But also in the old uh, Trade Depot, is, uh, Union Station, is 
in between those buildings. It's now a federal building, but you can go inside. You just show your ID card and you go to this lobby of this old train station and you look up and there's just a stunning Chihuly chandelier. And then um, there's three or four other uh, pieces of his artwork there that you can see for free. And they're just stunning and massive in size because it's just such a great venue. That's so beautiful. Like They actually had here in Nashville for a little while they had Chihuly exhibit at Cheekwood Estate, which is like this really beautiful gardens. It was basically a mixture of the natural with like the flowers and like the trees and everything mixed in with like the, those last blown art. And it was just, it was amazing to see. It is. It's, his work is just stunning. So the Chihuly Bridge of Glass is actually consists of three separate installations. And so the first one, as you entered, it's called the Seaform Pavilion. And if you look up, it's um, got all different colors of glass, you know, designed to um, simulate the, the ocean. And then as you walk across the bridge, there's these giant crystal towers. And they're um, designed to emulate the glacial blue ice that you can see up in Mount Rainier. Some of the many glaciers, you know, in the um, Cascade Mountains. And then it's called the Venetian Wall, and it has some of the largest pieces of glass ever blown, like single pieces. And so you're looking at this artwork, and it's it's well protected, but there's just this glass wall of all these different like vases and just beautiful things that you would see in a museum. And so in Tacoma, you can enjoy that for free, which is really nice. And then um, as you continue across that bridge, you'll see the um, the Museum of Glass. And they also have a, a fantastic little restaurant in there. It's called Encalmo. And you can um, enjoy lunch or coffee there. And then in the warmer weather, they, there's some outdoor areas where you can sit at. Oh, that sounds like a perfect place to be able to have a, a really great meal. Now, speaking of food and everything, what are some of the other restaurants that we should visit while we're there in Tacoma? Well, one of the most interesting places is called Freight House Square. The Amtrak train uh, now stops there. So the middle section was kind of taken out and um, made into a train station. And then it was an old warehouse. So this building, it's just its just got this just eclectic mix of people and these like scrappy small businesses. And it's got like a little food court in it. So the first time I ate there, it was one of the Thai restaurants. You know, we ordered our food and then we sat down and we looked up and it looked like the, you know, the Thai grandmother was cooking up the food and then they brought it out to us, you know, on China plates, which was totally, you know, unexpected. And then um, there's another place in there called the Olive Branch Cafe. And this place is just really super special. So the lady that originally owned it actually created it from reclaimed everything and she like installed all these old doors and the chandeliers and it looks like a victorian i don't know anything you know from like a victorian living room to brothel you know it's just this just overwhelming you go in and you're just like wow but most of the stuff you know is all reclaimed old you know furniture everything and she just created this like stunning little place and the food is, um, you know, it's definitely not gourmet. It's sandwiches and, and you can order tea, but it's more kind of like what your grandmother would make. It's just really fun. And then the most interesting thing about it is when you walk in the door, there's a, a guy named Brian playing this grand piano. And so apparently back in the day, there was a music shop that sold instruments and everything. And they got this grand piano in to resell and it wouldn't fit. So they asked the owner of the Olive Branch Cafe, because she had a little more space, if they could put it in the front. And she was kind of hesitant about it. 
And then Brian, who was just a local retired musician, he said, I promise I will play there. Oh, fantastic. What are some of the other restaurants that we should visit while we're there in Tacoma? So one of my favorite places for breakfast is the Art House Cafe. They don't take reservations, so you need to look up uh, what time it opens at the time of year you're here. And I usually, if I get there right when they open, I usually don't have problems getting a table. But they have a list, and you just sign up, and then they'll call you so you can walk around, too, while you're waiting for a table. Uh, But anyways, the Art House Cafe is in what's called the Stadium District. And I don't know if you um, ever saw the movie Ten Things I Hate About You, but the high school that it was filmed at and a lot of the scenes were uh, filmed in Tacoma. That high school's right near there, and it looks like it's probably one of the most beautiful high schools in uh, the country. It looks like a castle. (laughs) It's just incredible. So the neighborhood's kind of cool, too. So it's a kind of a great little place to walk around if before or after breakfast, too. Now, what about if I, if I you know, want to have a little like afternoon treat, something a little like something to satisfy my sweet tooth? Where would we go for that? Oh, ice cream social. <laughs> I don't even have to think twice on that. <laughs> and they have a couple different locations. There's one at Point Reston, and that one is usually crazy, crazy crowded, although it is worth the wait. But there also is one in the Proctor District and um, I think in the Hilltop District, too. Yeah. So anyways, that's just great. Locally made ice cream. It's just incredible. Do you have a favorite flavor there? (laughs) Yes. Almond poppy seed. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah. So they they do like seasonal ones. And this one uh, was featured in one of the local papers. And it just took everybody loved it so much that it's on the regular menu now. (laughs) That's fantastic. Yeah. It's it's so cool that they do all these little like variations of the, the seasonal and then using like the local ingredients. And it's awesome that it was such, such such a huge demand that it actually became a permanent fixture on the menu. Oh, definitely. And, um, you know, speaking of food, too, so I lived most of my life on the East Coast. But coming out here, the food is just so much better because there's so much, the farm, the produce, everything just seems, just tastes better to me. And um, so I've really enjoyed, you know, exploring the local scene and um, especially during summer time, uh, you know, usually beginning in June, you know, through through August, you have farmers markets just all over the place and pretty much almost every day of the week. So you can just stumble upon one. But that's a great way to try some of the local produce. And usually uh, there's food vendors there, too, which are a lot of a lot of fun to try. Oh, fantastic. Well, Peggy, I really appreciate you coming on the show and showing all these amazing tips for Tacoma. But now it's time for the final countdown. If a traveler only had time for one meal when they visited Tacoma, where should they go and what should they eat? Okay, you need to go to Cuerno Bravo. And this is actually new to the restaurant scene in Tacoma. Unfortunately, the owner, David, I think it's Orozco, opened uh, March of COVID. (laughs) So... You know, they had to shut down and, you know, it was just a real struggle. But they're they're open again and they're famed for their Wagyu beef. You can go and eat for $50 for two people or you can go, you know, really high end. So they have Wagyu beef, everything in American Prime. So they have American Wagyu, Australian Wagyu and Japanese Wagyu. So it goes up in price. But they have a lot of neat things you can share. Like they actually do Wagyu tacos. And they do this giant baked potato that could probably feed four people. And it is just stuffed with everything to include um, some tidbits of uh, Wagyu beef. And then uh, the steaks are served on these sizzling stones. 
So they come to the table and so they recommend you actually order your steak a little bit less cooked than you like because then you can slice it and then you just pop it on the stone and it continues to cook. And they're so hot, they stay hot the entire time uh, you eat your meal. It's funny because you won't see any advertising. Somebody told us about it and we made a reservation. So it's just kind of been word of mouth. Initially when they opened, you know, it appeared in the paper and stuff, but they don't do a lot of advertising and it's just, you know, purely word of mouth and people just love it. People are probably going to be mad, I'm sure. <laughs> but it is the best steak of my entire life. It's truly a hidden gem. Yes. And well, you know, being a, um, you know, involved in travel, we're really privileged. We get to eat a lot of really great restaurants, you know, all over the world, all different types of food. But this is definitely the best steak I've had in my entire life. And that's saying a lot. So. Yeah, that's that's a high praise for sure. Well, uh, you've lived in Tacoma now for several years, created some awesome memories, I'm sure. Which one are you most memorable? Well, when I first moved here, I was sitting in the uh, parking lot uh, waiting to go into a shop, and I had the air conditioner on and the windows up. And then this guy came up to the car, and he, like, taps on the window on the passenger side. I was a little hesitant, you know, I cracked it and everything. And the man started yelling at me because I was sitting in the car with it running. And so, you know, I was just polite listening. He's like, do you know how bad that is for the environment? You know, he was just <laughs> but he was literally losing his mind. You know, I mean, he was so, so angry. And, um, and you know, luckily I recognize, you know, the message and everything. But I, I just remember thinking, wow, you know, if you had just been a little nicer about it. But I was definitely open to what he was saying. But it was funny because, you know, living in Georgia, if you pause your car you know, in the summer, it's so hot. If you turn it off, you'll die. So <laughs> I didn't realize, you know, in this area, you don't need to do that. And they're very, very environmentally conscious. And for me, coming from the East Coast, you know, everything's clear cut, strip malls, lots of black pavement. And so coming out here, though, it really made me realize, you know, like we're, there's so many differences in the country right now, but there's things that you can come together and agree on. So maybe I, I'm pretty sure that we had totally different political <laughs> beliefs and everything. But, you know, his point was correct. And being out here and seeing how people have taken care of the environment, you know, we have big trees out here. We have, well, even Point Reston was was a super fun site in the 70s. It was one of the most polluted areas in the entire country. So bad that uh, Frank Herbert, that wrote the book uh, Dune, was inspired to write it because of how polluted Tacoma was. And so it's just so interesting seeing, you know, the environmentalists and, and just average people really care about all these things. And I think that's something that we can all agree on and, and just see, you know, that we do have this beautiful, stunning scenery because, you know, maybe somebody, you know, climbed up in a tree, you know, and wouldn't let them cut it down. But <laughs> I never understood that when I lived on the East Coast. But now living out here, it's really changed my perspective on all that. That's fantastic. I mean, I know that, I mean, when we moved from California to Nashville, similar thing, you know, it's just, it takes a while to get used to the local customs. It takes a while to get used to the differences in weather and everything like that. Like, like you said, in California, you sit there with window rolled down and, and just enjoy the, the nice breeze. Whereas here in Tennessee, it's like when you're going to get bit by mosquitoes or it's like, it's just like hot and humid and everything else like that, or it's just cold in the wintertime. Right. And so it's those differences between, although we are one big country, there's, Lots of differences in climate and culture and, and everything else. And just to comment on that, that's one of the things that I love about travel is that you can meet people and you can learn so many different things. And it just broadens your horizon 
so much and it's definitely enriched my life i have to say i totally agree so speaking of good times and happy memories uh where's the happiest happy hour in tacoma so we used to have this great restaurant the pacific grill and it closed you know right around covid a new restaurant has opened up in the same spot it's stanford steak they do a great happy hour and i'm saying this and uh, this is kind of with this book too it's very stressful because everybody has different opinions and everything. So, you know, for me, you know, somebody that's not even local picking a hundred things to do, you know, in this city has been kind of stressful, but I'm, so I'm older. I'll have to caveat that I'm 60. So what I want in a happy hour might be different, you know, from somebody in their twenties. I love Stanford's. It's got this kind of speakeasy vibe, a really cool uh, bar. And then there's also kind of like some coffee shop type seating, you know, in the front window where you can watch people coming and going on the street. So they do a cranberry mojito, which is absolutely fabulous. And, you know, I think like most of us, we all think that all the cranberries come from Maine. But actually, the West Coast is particularly uh, Washington and Oregon. It's huge, huge cranberry growing areas and bogs that are fun to go see. So anyways, having a cranberry mojito is like perfect, you know, for this area. And then they also, they have a great little happy hour menu with everything from like ahi, you know, sushi to um, beef tenderloin sliders, which I think if you're at a steak restaurant, you definitely have to get these. And these are just like big chunks of tenderloin, you know, it's just amazing. So it's kind of a neat, less expensive way to try the restaurant too. Oh, that sounds amazing. And I know, I know my wife would definitely love that, that uh, mojito for sure. Now, one of the things I always do whenever I travel is check out the local pizza. What's the best place for pepperoni pizza in Tacoma? Well, this is funny because I absolutely cannot stand um, pepperoni <laughs> pizza. So I saw this and I'm like, oh, how am I going to answer this? So I, I talked to my son. But there's a um, it's a local chain and the family is just so generous. The Ferrellis, um, especially to um, supporting the military in the area. So Ferrellis has a couple different sites. There's one in... DuPont, there's one in uh, Tacoma, and then there's also one, it's part of Tacoma, but Point Reston is uh, a really nice one as well. They do some great pizza that people seem to really like. <laughs> okay, so since you trashed my pepperoni pizza idea, what type of pizza do you order when you go there? Well, I just, the food scene is so unique here. I, um, if I'm going to go out to eat, it, it's not for pizza. <laughs> you, know, <it's, laughs> uh, you know, we've got just this huge Asian um influence in the area in fact um a lot of koreans came to the country in the 70s and and it, that continues especially with the military you know the u.s army station and, and air force station in uh, korea a lot of people came back and brought korean wives back and family members so there's this huge korean district in um lakewood which is just right outside tacoma and they do uh, korean barbecue so that's like a really fun kind of fast thing to do you can go in and um grill your meat up and there's also a place called Paldo World which is a Korean grocery store but it has this food court and so it's got Japanese so you can get the sushi or you can get Chinese food or Korean food which my husband and I both like because uh, we met actually met when we were both stationed in Korea so it's kind of brings back all those memories but there's this guy and he has Mandu World and all he does is makes these Mandu dumplings 
and you can see them, you know, making the dough and they're steamed and they're the big, huge buns. So that's kind of, I think, the best like fast food, you know, in the areas to come get those. And you know, they're good when somebody only makes one thing. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, no, that's that's pretty awesome. Okay, I will say that I always eat pizza, but maybe I'll order a, a small one. That way, I save enough room for one of those Mandu World <laughs> little buns and everything. That sounds really awesome. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> now we talked about earlier, as far as like we met at, at TBEX, which is a travel conference. You've written your book, which we'll talk about in a minute. And I know you travel all over the world and you write about travel and everything. So you must have some amazing tips. Like, what's one of your best travel tips? Well, I got I got a couple. They'll be kind of short, but one of the things is is pick the less visited. So. For example, you know, like Yellowstone normally is like super, super packed, but the Grand Tetons is is not as crowded. And that's, you know, kind of in the same general vicinity. And just for example, here, you know, Seattle, um, especially during the summer with all the cruise ships coming in, it can just be really just super, super crowded and packed. And people often overlook Tacoma. So pick the less visited. And, um, you know, some areas are just amazing. Like I, I traveled to Missoula in montana and i you know went to like a buffalo wildlife refuge and just this little town just had so much stuff that you would see you know like some of these national parks so kind of investigate a little more just don't go to the most popular place and then my other big tip which i love traveling off season you know granted if you're going to beach town in the winter maybe you're not going to get as much you know that experience but there's just so many great things like i can remember go into you know like a coastal main town in the winter and you know the places that were open are where the locals eat and shop and you know it's just such a neat experience so i i really appreciate less crowds you know in the off season and of course when you travel off season it's a little bit cheaper uh you know maybe going to get specials on flights or hotels or, or your meals so that that always works as well Well, Peggy, again, I thank you for coming on the show and sharing all these amazing tips for Tacoma. I've learned a lot. And, you know, next time I fly to Seattle, I'm going to have to venture out a little bit more and come explore some of these things down in Tacoma. Can you tell the audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Um, Yes. Well, I'm Peggy Cleveland, and my brand is PeggyWhereShouldIGo.com, which um, came about because I'm kind of known as a travel expert, you know, among all my friends and family and military friends. And so people are always asking me, Peggy, where should I go? Like, you know, I want to get away for a weekend with the girls, you know, or different things like that. So that's kind of how that came about. I'm excited to announce that uh, publishing in September of uh, this year is 100 Things to Do in Tacoma Before You Die with through Reedy Press. And it's kind of my um, love letter to Tacoma. I just love this town, and I feel like it's so underrepresented as a tourist destination. And uh, Reedy Press, I love what they're doing, is they're focusing on towns like Tacoma. And so you can actually go to their site and find tons of other books of other towns, you know, similar to Tacoma. They don't maybe get as much coverage, you know, in the, the national media. So these are kind of neat places to look at to tour. And they're all written by people that live in the areas. Yeah, it's I'm really excited to be part of their team. Yeah, no, when, I, when you announced that you were going to start writing your book, I'm uh, so excited because I know I've interviewed so many of the Reedy Press authors, and I know that everybody does such a wonderful job as far as covering the city and just like, uncovering these really amazing nuggets as far as like really awesome things to do and, and eat and things to see while you're there visiting those towns. So I'm super excited about your book. I can't wait for it to come out. We'll definitely have links to that in the show notes when it, when it is available, so that way somebody can buy it. 
again, I, you know, thank you for coming on the show. I learned a lot and we look forward to seeing you when we travel there. Okay. Thank you so much, Lee. I really appreciate it. What a wonderful conversation with Peggy. As much as I love Seattle, I need to spend more time in Tacoma exploring all that it has to offer. You can find all the links we talked about today at wetravelthere.com forward slash Tacoma. We want to say thank you to Bluffworks for being an affiliate partner in today's episode. Bluffworks offers many styles to fit your needs, so that way you can stay wrinkle-free while traveling. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash Bluffworks and use the promo code LEE to save 10% off your order. Join us next time as we head to Hot Springs, Arkansas to speak with my new friend Cassidy Kendall of thehotspringspost.com. In this episode, Cassidy and I talk about relaxing in the thermal baths, water gun fights at the running of the tubs, and exploring the Mid-America Science Museum. Hope you join us when we travel there. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share with your friends and tell them what you like most. Make sure you follow us on your favorite podcast app. That way you won't miss any of our upcoming destinations. <laughs>